Well, good day and welcome to Holding Fast. I trust your anchor is holding firmly to the unshakable Word of God. Welcome. It's Christmas Eve. It is December 24th, and we are about to have our celebration of the Lord's birth. Of course, we know that that didn't occur probably on December 25th. It probably happened in the summer, uh, into the early fall, perhaps, uh, when the shepherds were uh, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And uh, so that's normally when they would have been in the fields. And so we, though, have come by tradition to celebrate the birth of our Lord on December 25th. And uh, that has become, that's been handed down to us for uh, many generations now. And so uh, we don't balk at it. We celebrate it. We understand the important event is that he was born in the first place in order to come and live on this earth and be the sacrifice for our sins today. So happy Christmas Eve. Uh, what I'm going to do is a little bit something different today than uh, than I have done previously, and that is that I wanted to take some time and turn in the scriptures to a passage that's always fascinated me in the sense that uh, we're eavesdropping, really, and we're going to do some eavesdropping. Normally that's frowned on, but we're going to eavesdrop today uh, on a conversation that occurred between God the Father and God the Son. It was actually the last conversation that uh, took place between them on the very first Christmas Eve that there ever was. Uh, and that conversation is very revealing to us in terms of uh, why all of this is going on, why the celebration, why Christ came to earth. And I think it's important. In Hebrews chapter 10, if you want to look at the passage of scripture in your Bible, uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, the uh, the uh, author has been writing and he's been discussing uh, the relative ineffectiveness of the Old Testament sacrificial system, how it was a temporarily uh, temporary symbolic, typical uh, kind of uh, visual that God was giving to his people in order to remind them of the need for a sacrifice for their sins, a blood sacrifice. And in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, the conversation actually ends up occurring in verses 5, 6, and 7 between Jesus and his father. And after a discussion, that, that comes after a discussion between them regarding why the Old Testament sacrifices really failed and were inferior at satisfying God's justice and in giving a man a right standing with God. And we would be remiss if we didn't really address that for a moment before we eavesdrop on that conversation. In Hebrews chapter 10, in the first few verses there, first four verses actually, and in those first four verses of Hebrews chapter 10, the author lays out the case for explaining why the Old Testament sacrifices were insufficient. They were ineffective at removing the guilt. They could not remove the anxiety and the weightiness of a person's sin before a holy and just God. And in doing so, he reminds us that the reason why they were unsatisfying. He says that they couldn't give access to God. The priests were very busy, they were slaughtering, they were going from morning to night, particularly in the Passover celebration. Scholars estimated that there were some 300,000 sacrifices on Passover that were slaughtered there at temple worship, and the blood would be channeled down into the brook Kidron, and it would run down through the valley, and uh, it was... Th all of that sacrifice that was done, every one of those visual displays 
of the shedding of blood uh, were ineffective. They were they were shadows of the real thing. They were a type. They could not remove the guilt of of the uh, person bringing the sacrifice. In reality, it was only the faith of the individual that could remove the guilt. Uh, simply going through the motions of sacrificing an animal could not make one's rights uh, standing right before the living God. The author also goes on in chapter 10 to say that the Old Testament sacrifices were unsatisfying because they couldn't remove sins. Um, they they were they it's not that they just couldn't remove sins but literally every time a sacrifice would be offered it was an actual reminder that they couldn't why because they continued to be repetitive in nature uh priests would rise up and they would die they would minister for a while they would pass away the sacrifice had to be offered morning and night there was this constant repetition of blood sacrifice of lambs. Why? Because they were insufficient to cover the offenses and sin of those that were God's people. Uh, it could, uh, what about their conscience? Now let's re-understand here today that there's a principle that applies even as New Testament believers. When an Old Testament believer would come to the temple to worship God, they would bring their lamb and they would only be freed from guilt by their faith in the future sacrifice of the one God promised, a Redeemer. They were not freed from guilt. Their conscience was not even assuaged by uh, having their anxiety removed, uh, but that they they were coming by faith to be able to worship God and to confess their sins to Him and to forsake them. So the sacrificial uh offerings of the old testament were insufficient to cleanse one from their guilt and they were also third the writer of hebrews goes on to say that they were external they never got to the heart of the problem they were something they were physical motions that people would go through um the heart of the problem of course is the sinful nature of every broken human being and external sacrifices never addressed that. Inward change is what was needed. It was impossible for the blood of amoral animals to cleanse a, a morally sentient being uh, from their offenses against God. And so there needed to be a sacrifice that was far different than an animal sacrifice. It had to be a sacrifice that was human-based. It had to be divine. It had to be infinite in its ability to forgive. Uh, And it had to deal with the question of the inward state of the person coming with the sacrifice and not just external. And that brings us to the conversation, in in a very short time anyway, I had to sum up quite a bit, but it brings us to the conversation in verse 5 that occurred of, of Hebrews 10. And here is the eavesdropping on the last conversation that the son had with the father before he came. And so in verse 4 it says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Verse 5 then says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldst not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In other words, fitted or shaped. Uh, It is a word that is descriptive of of, uh, him having uh, beforehand 
ordained that there would be this this sacrifice that Christ would offer, and it it entailed having a body that God fitted for this very purpose. The uniqueness of the Lord Jesus Christ is without question. He was divine. He was divinity. He was deity in human flesh. Never been one like him. There'll never be another like him. He was the only true uh, a, a, only one who was truly able to forgive of sins and to be the sacrifice. So here's this conversation, if you can imagine, that took place right there uh, in the in the in the uh, in the in heaven itself. He's on the edge of heaven, as it were. He's talking to his father. He acknowledged that his own body was to be the sacrifice that would please God. He would ne- God would never be satisfied with animal offerings. And he became less satisfied with them as they became a sham and mockery. And people began uh, measuring their righteousness by the sacrifices they would bring rather than by their faith and trust in the, in the uh, forgiveness of, of God himself. Jesus' supreme mission on earth, folks, was to do the Father's will. He says in verse 6, In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have had no pleasure. Verse 7, Then said I, Lo, I'm coming. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Now that's an interesting statement because the Lord then confirms and echoes the thoughts of Scripture that while the Old Testament sacrifices were symbolic and typical, uh, the Old Testament worshipers who, who went through the motions of the sacrifice, but without an honest heart, found no forgiveness. What was needed was a superior sacrifice. Jesus came. He was a new sacrifice. He was needed. It was always God's plan from the very beginning to provide a a. a Provide a sin sacrifice for humanity. And Jesus said, I'm coming to do your will, Father. I'm stepping out uh, of heaven and I'm leaving its majesty and its glory. And I'm going to be going to earth. And you've prepared and fitted me out in order to accomplish your purpose of redemption and salvation for every believing person. We praise God today. He didn't come just to be an example. He didn't come to be a martyr for some cause. He came to be the sacrifice for your sin and my sin today. We rejoice in that. That's why we preach Christ and Him crucified. That's why we lift Him up, because the the Word of God tells us that the most important need that every human being has is to be rightly reconciled to your Creator, to your Father in Heaven. Are you today? Are you walking with Him? Take a moment on this Christmas Eve to reflect on that last conversation that Christ had with his father and re- be reminded that we have the greatest gift that we're going to celebrate tomorrow don't neglect to give him praise and thanksgiving for what he's done god bless you have a great christmas <laughs>